0: And here we go again. Hello, folks, and welcome to this Sunday podcast of The Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And I hope you queens out there are still having a grand gay old time at Gay Pride. Remember, girls, it's June 20th. Gay Pride is two-thirds done at this point. So if you're going to go out and have yourself a grand gay old time during Pride, that time is running out, so you better hurry up and do it. And I have little doubt that you girls will do it. Of course, we also wanted to wish all the BIPOC folk out there a happy belated Juneteenth. Hope you folks had a grand gay old time yourself yesterday on Saturday for Juneteenth, a new federal holiday thanks to creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer. And white boy Malcolm X, since you identify as black, you are fake black. Happy belated Juneteenth to you as well, sir. I do hope, though, White Ben I I do hope that the queens are not too triggered or butthurt about a new BIPOC holiday right in the middle of Pride. I can see some queen out there going, didn't they just have Black History Month? Why they got to have another holiday right in the middle of Pride? I am not happy about that. And I know some of you queens out there are thinking that. You can't fool me. I wonder, though, White Boy Malcolm X, and this is more of a rhetorical question, sir, so don't even bother trying to answer, but I wonder how many black people were shot and killed on Juneteenth thanks to the joint effort of hysterical white liberals and militant BIPOC folk to defund the police. I'm just curious how many folks were shot and killed over this weekend. I'm sure in Chicago, a couple dozen, at least shot. They always have good weekends up there, especially in the summertime. A couple dozen people getting shot, few people murdered. I'm just curious, folks, because when creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer signed this thing into law, you would have thought that he was signing the Emancipation Proclamation itself. That's how the media treated this signature. All this is, folks, other than the symbolism over substance that makes white liberals feel warm and fuzzy inside, All this is is another holiday, so some lazy federal bureaucrat and some corporate folks can sit their butts at home and not work and get paid for it. It's like Memorial Day, the 4th of July, all the other holidays. It's just an excuse to extend the weekend, party, get drunk, have a grand gay old time, and someone else is paying for it. But as long as they feel happy, warm, and fuzzy inside that they got another federal holiday, hey, Whatever makes you folks happy out there. And lastly, of course, I want to wish a happy Father's Day to all you sperm donors out there. I hope you have a great day here as well, looking at your spawn, going, Jesus Christmas, what the hell have I done? I want to wish you all a happy Father's Day. Or, or folks, or if you are a former mother or birth parent who now identifies as a father Happy Father's Day to you as well. And if that offends you, folks, you need to get your ass on a train to the re-education camp to get your mind right. That is how things work around here. Your mother can also be your father at some point if he chooses to identify that way. Don't blame me. That's just the rules of the game these days. And of course, folks, I have been dragging this out. Yes, I lost the bet on Wednesday's podcast that I could do a podcast in 30 minutes or less. I came in at, I think, 33 minutes, just under 33 minutes. If we had, what do they call it in golf, a handicap? If I had had like a two or three minute handicap, I totally would have won that bet. But I did lose it. So yes, White Boy Malcolm X, I am on the podcast telling everyone that you won that bet. So enjoy that extra Italian beer while you are at it, sir. Speaking of podcast, though, On a programming note, we are here this week, so obviously today's podcast, and we will be here on Wednesday's podcast. Next week, though, folks, I am traveling. I'm supposed to go out on Sunday. I hope on Sunday afternoon. We'll see, though, but I am definitely not going to be here a week from this Wednesday. I don't get back into town until I think 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so there is absolutely no way I am recording a podcast on Wednesday night. Not going to happen. Sunday, though. We might be able to eke out a 30-minute podcast before I have to leave town, have to head down to Logan for the day, but we'll see. I'll keep you folks up to date. I should know by Wednesday's podcast if we will have any podcast next week, hopefully at least Sunday, and then, of course, we roll right into the 4th of July. That's another bit of fun. We'll have to figure out how we're going to do podcasts over that holiday, but that we will deal with next week. So let's go ahead and jump into our news quick hits. And our first story is from those girls over at Queerty. And how is this headline? Adam Lampert's iconic pride message. I like dick. No kidding, girlfriend. But here's a pull quote. At a time when pride can sometimes feel a little sanitized and corporate friendly, Adam Lampert has posted a short and sweet message to his fans and followers to remind them where his preferences lie. I like Dick, he said at the start of the Pride Month video posted to Instagram. White boy Malcolm X, am I missing something here? Can you say that in this day and age? I did not think that you were allowed to say something like that. That you like Dick. Or, as I like to say here on the Miller Frost Show, man meat. He's saying he likes man meat. The funny thing is, though, Even though, according to a lot of the news articles we've been reading here on this podcast, you're really not allowed to say anything like that, I haven't seen anything where Adam Lampert has gotten in trouble for specifying that he likes man meat. It could be that because he is a, I don't know, a C or D list queen in the tribe, it could be that he has gotten out of a little bit of trouble for saying something like that. Nobody's going to go after Adam Lampert for declaring that he likes man meat. And if you're out there going, well, Miller, why would that be a problem? He's a homosexual man. What's the problem with him liking man meat? Well, folks, if you're out there thinking that, we've talked about it a couple of times on this podcast. That is considered to be transphobic if you're out there saying that you like man meat. You're not allowed to say stuff like that. If I came onto this podcast and I said, hey, I'm Miller Frost. I am a big old queen and I like my men with original hardware. That is considered transphobic. You're not allowed to say that because that might be triggering or upsetting to a man with a hoo-hoo. And we wouldn't want to do that now, would we? We had, there was that poor kid out there who started the super straight movement where he came out and said, I'm a straight guy and I like my women with original hardware. I like hoo-hoos. They compared the super straight movement folks with the alt-right and neo-Nazis. So if you are a heterosexual man and you like your women with hoo-hoos and not man meat, that is considered transphobic, and folks, and you're a Nazi for even thinking it. So that's why I'm a little confused that Adam Lampert has gone out there and said that he likes man meat and nobody is complaining. Although now that I think about it, now that I think about his statement, I guess, folks, there is an out And the out is, folks, he just said that he liked man meat. Not his words, mine, but his words. I'm not going to repeat that again. He likes man meat. What Adam did not say, and that is where I think the out is, Adam did not give a preference to where the man meat came from. So the man meat could come from a man. The man meat may come from a woman who identifies as a man. Or the man meat may come from a non-binary funky pronoun person like Sam Smith. So I guess it's okay to say that you like man meat. You can be very specific about that. As long as you don't say that you have a preference for where it comes from. I prefer my man meat on a man. I'm a big old queen. That is what I like. And yes, folks, I know that that is transphobic to say that. I am supposed to say that I like men, even if they come with a hoo-hoo. Although let's face it, folks, what the hell am I going to do with a hoo-hoo? Nothing. Can't do a damn thing with those things. I think I'm going to skip this next story, White on Malcolm X. Folks, it's from Fox News. Here's the headline. Nonprofit tied to BLM co-founder Patrice Coolers failed to disclose significant donations. Long story short, she got a couple hundred thousand dollars in donations to some fancy charity. She only reported 50000 to the IRS. Is anyone shocked at that sort of behavior from her? No. And if you are, folks, You are a fool. Six ways to Sunday, and bless your heart for being that stupid. So on to the next story, which, let's face it, folks, I'm not even sure if I want to do that one either, and it's from The Cut, and here is this headline. You know it when you see it. When photos of Ellie Kemper at the Veiled Profit Ball resurfaced this week, I felt a shock of recognition and shame. Shame, shame, shame. And this, folks, is from another hysterical millennial Gen Z white chick, Claire Lampin. And here are a couple pull quotes. Classism is a crucial component of the story, but I also wonder about shame. I wonder if that is something Kemper feels, in hindsight, not because I believe her to be racist for walking into a dead ball, but because I believe racism buoyed the system of white privilege in which we grew up. When I think about my own attendance at VP, and folks, VP is the veiled prophet ball, shame is the emotion that swells to the surface. I remember how the prophet's first appearance took me aback, how overt the resemblance was, how little it seemed to phase the crowd around me. Shame drove me to type veiled prophet KKK into my Google search bar a few days later. Shame drove me to untag the photos. I felt shame again this week as people across the country looked at a man in a white veil and saw the same thing I did over a decade ago. Often things are exactly what they seem. And folks, this article goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's more the same here. But I, folks, as a public service announcement, I am going to sum up this entire long article by Claire Lampett, a hysterical Millennial Gen Z white chick. I am going to sum up this entire super long article very quickly, very succinctly for all you folks out there. Here you go. <laughs> Social injustice. <laughs> I'm down for the struggle. <laughs> yes, folks. White women's tears. <laughs> Crying out her white women's tears. Oh, I feel shame. Oh, the shame for being in the Veil Profit Ball. Shame, shame on me. Shame on Ellie Kemper. And that's pretty much all the article is, folks. And I hate to be a cynic here. I know that I'm Gen Z. No, I am not Gen Z. Damn it, I always do that. <laughs> Every single time, I am actually Gen X, folks. I am not some stupid Gen Z kid. I am Gen X. I'm an old queen. I am 51 years old. And yes, folks, Gen X are known as being cynical. And I hate to be a cynic here, but I have to say something about Claire Lampin. I don't, folks, I do not think that Claire Lampin feels any shame whatsoever. I really don't. I, I don't want to call her a liar, but the cynic in me says she does not feel shame at all. And this is why the BIPOC folk are starting to figure out and starting to hate fake white liberals. They're starting to figure out that the virtue signaling is more about them and making them feel better than it is about improving the lives of the BIPOC folk out there. White liberals are completely self-absorbed. It's all about them. I've been talking about my fake white liberal neighbors up here. They love to put the BLM signs in the front yards. And why? Because it makes them feel better about themselves. Oh, look at me. I'm a good white liberal. I care about the BIPOC folk. It's all about them. Claire Lampin, in my opinion, she doesn't feel a damn bit of shame. She's just virtue signaling to the BIPOC folk. And not only is she showing how down for the struggle she is, she is also doing a CYA. She is trying to cover her ass. She saw what they did to Ellie Kemper. She saw how they trashed her and how she had to go out and apologize and grovel to all the leftist BIPOC folk out there and all the good white woke folk out there. So Claire wanted to inoculate herself from that kind of thrashing. So she came out and just confessed. Oh, I feel so much shame for being part of this. Oh, it was so horrible. I can't believe I would do something like that. Please forgive me, good woke folk. Please, 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 please forgive me. Please. So she is yet another in a long, 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 long line of fraudulent white liberals out there, virtue signaling for their own self-aggrandizement, virtue signaling to get themselves out of trouble. But Claire... You are not fooling anyone, honey. The woke folk out there, the BIPOC folk out there, they are not going to be placated by you confessing your shame over going to this stupid ball. Everyone knows when they see a fraudulent hypocrite out there throwing someone under the bus to save their own skin. This next one is from Hot Air. Portland man gets five years for arson at police precinct. And here, folks, is the pull quote on that one. Nearly one year ago, a man named Gavon Streeter-Hillerich, and Gavon, I hope I am pronouncing your name correctly, sir. If not, I apologize. And yes, folks, Streeter-Hillerich is a hyphenated last name. So yet again, folks, another angry kid from a dysfunctional home where mommy and daddy or mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy or birth parent one and birth parent two could not settle on one last name. Let's pick that back up again. Nearly one year ago, a man named Gavon Streeter Hillerich set fire to a dumpster outside the Portland Police Bureau's North Precinct. The dumpster was pushed up against plywood covering the windows. At the time, there were 19 people inside the building. Now Streeter Hillerich will spend five years in prison. And of course, folks, my first reaction to this was, holy crap, man, man. Someone is actually doing time in Portland for trying to set a police bureau on fire. That is kind of like a miracle, folks. I never thought that would happen where someone was held to account for trying to set one of these buildings on fire. It just doesn't happen that often, especially in Portland. The problem is, though, folks, the problem is that Gavon Streeter-Hillerich, and yes, folks, Streeter-Hillerich is a hyphenated last name. The problem is that Gavon is a BIPOC folk. And I suspect he's probably one of the only BIPOC kids out there looting, riding, burning, having a grand gale time in the inner city. It's Portland. That's pretty lily white out there. He's probably one of the only BIPOC kids down there causing that kind of trouble, and they nabbed him, and now they're going to throw his butt in jail. Five years. That's how long he's got to stay in there. No white kids, though. They're not locking them up for five years. <laughs> nope. Those kids get arrested, but they get immediately released so they can go back to their lily white suburbs. Man, that was so much fun rioting in Portland this weekend. We should do it again next weekend. We might get arrested again. Oh, that's fine. They'll let us back out. There are no consequences if you're a white kid down in Portland. This poor kid, I'm actually starting to feel bad for Gavon Streeter Hillerich for having to do time for something all the white kids get to do and get away with. I'm almost, folks, I am almost starting to think that when the BIPOC folk are out there complaining about white privilege, I'm starting to think maybe they got something there. I mean, it's not technically white privilege per se. I would have to say it's a little more nuanced than that. I would call it bratty leftist white kid privilege. That's what's going on there in Portland. If you are a leftist white kid, you can burn riot loot, have a grand gale time in downtown Portland, go back to your lily white suburbs. No consequences whatsoever. But if you are Gavin, Streeter, Hillerich, some BIPOC kid, your butt goes to jail for five years. As if white boy Malcolm X, as if the BIPOC folk weren't already pissed off at the dopey white liberals, this is not going to help the situation. But Oh well, you kids out in Portland, you white kids have fun, you BIPOC kids out there, watch out for Popo. They are coming for you. From the Daily Caller, Florida Republican caught on tape threatening to send Russian and Ukrainian hit squad after opponent. Uh-oh, let's find out what's going on there. Here are a couple of pull quotes. A Republican House candidate in Florida was reportedly recorded on a tape given to Politico saying he will send a Russian and Ukrainian hit squad to a primary opponent to make her disappear. William Braddock, who was running for the seat vacated by Democratic Representative Charlie Crist, was recorded before becoming a candidate during a 30-minute call where he warned an activist not to support candidate Anna Paulina Luna because he had access to assassins, Politico reported Thursday. I have access to a hit squad too, Ukrainians and Russians, he said about three minutes into the call obtained by Politico. Don't get caught out in public supporting Luna. Luna's going to go down, and I hope it's by herself, he reportedly said in the recording. I have to say, folks, that there is something queer about this story. And yes, folks, I am using queer as odd. I am being a little tongue-in-cheek, but we are celebrating gay pride here at the Miller Frost Show, so we will use the word queer just because we can. But yes, I I just find this, and White by Malcolm X, you can tell me if you disagree, sir, is there not something odd about this story? Most definitely, okay. I thought so, sir. I'll tell you what, you folks in Florida, now I do love you folks in Florida, don't get me wrong. I would not have half the podcast I have if it weren't for those nut jobs in Florida. But I do love you folks. You are a lovable bunch down there. As nutty as you are with all the crazy things that you do, you are still lovable, I have to say. But this Floridian, folks, this Floridian has his very own hit squad. That is something new for us here at the Miller Frost Show. I have never heard of a Floridian with his very own hit squad. And folks, and these are Russians and Ukrainians in his personal hit squad. But the two things I found weird on top of the fact that this man, William Braddock, has his very own hit squad, the two things I found most odd about this story. Number one, this woman, Anna Paulina Luna, I can't imagine how tough she is That William Braddock, to take her out, needs a hit squad to do that. She must be tough like Nancy Pelosi. Remember that story? They were interviewing her about January 6th, and she's like, I'm a street fighter. I would have fought them. Of course, I said she would probably pop a surgery staple or two from that facelift. She would do that if she were trying to fight these folks. But this woman, Anna Paulina Luna, she's got to be tough like Nancy Pelosi. Or worse, she must be even tougher than Nancy Pelosi, If it takes a full hit squad, not just one assassin, he needs a full hit squad to take this chick out. I would not mess with a chick that it took a full hit squad to remove from the equation. Wouldn't screw with that woman at all. But William Braddock is a Floridian, and let's face it, folks, as lovable as they are, they're not always the brightest bulbs in the shop. The other thing I found weird, folks, is that his hit squad is Ukrainians and Russians. I would have thought that after Russia invaded the Ukraine and took over some of their territory, I would think that those two folks would not get along. But they clearly, folks, do get along enough to be in a hit squad controlled by William Braddock. I figured they'd be more likely to shoot each other than to go over and shoot Anna Polina Luna. But clearly that is not the case here. William Braddock has brokered peace in the assassin community between the Russians and the Ukrainians. (laughs) Only in Florida, folks, would a nut job running for Congress have a Russian and Ukrainian hit squad or brag about having one to take out his opponent. And again, folks, we love you Floridians. God, do we love, 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 love you Floridians. Keep up the good work. From the Hill, Trudeau nominates first person of color to Canada's Supreme Court. So yes, folks. The Kendall of Western European politics, Justin Trudeau, he has nominated a BIPOC folk to sit on Canada's Supreme Court. And here are some poll quotes with that. Canada's Prime Minister and Kendall, Justin Trudeau, on Thursday nominated Mahmoud Jamal to the Supreme Court of Canada, the first person of color to be nominated for the country's high court. Jamal has been on the Court of Appeal for Ontario since 2019, and he would fill the spot of Justice Rosalie Silberman Abella, who is retiring. Jamal was born in Nairobi, Kenya in 1967. I wonder, white boy Malcolm X, if he was born near where Barack Obama was born in Kenya. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I know that is a huge trigger <laughs> for some of you folks to make a joke about where Barack Obama was born. I'm just playing around. Anyway, picking back up. Jamal was born in Nairobi, Kenya in 1967. No, folks, he was not born anywhere near where Barack Obama was born in Hawaii, and he grew up in England and Canada, according to Canada's Department of Justice. He was the first member of his family to attend college, getting his undergraduate degree in economics from the University of Toronto. He studied law at McGill University and Yale University. So if he went to Yale University for law school, We know, folks, that he is a complete nut job, (laughs) perfect for Canada's Supreme Court. I just hope, folks, and we did talk about this. We had a story a few months back about NASA. They were bragging about having a BIPOC person on the moon and bragging about having a woman on the moon. They were all sorts of bragging about all the minorities they were going to put on the moon at some point or the other. Oh, look at us. We're putting women on the moon and BIPOC folk on the moon. We're so special. You know, more of that virtue signaling, just like Claire Lampin in the earlier story, trashing Ellie Kemper, throwing her under the bus. But I said at the time, I said, can you imagine being on that shuttle heading over to the moon and someone turns to the woman and goes, why are you here? What's her answer going to be? NASA's already said, we're going to put her up there because she's a woman. What's she going to say? I'm the most qualified person for this role. No, she can't really say that. I mean, she can try, but everyone knows because NASA's already been bragging about it the only reason the first chick going to the moon is going to be there is because she's got a hoo-hoo. I mean, technically, anyway. Theoretically, they could send a woman to the moon with man meat. That's perfectly plausible in today's society. If that offends you, again, get your ass on the train to the re-education camp. You need to get your mind right. And the same with the BIPOC folk going to the moon. Why are they there? Not necessarily because they're the most qualified. Because, again, folks, NASA's already been bragging We're going to put a BIPOC folk on the moon. So everyone else on that shuttle going to the moon is going to know that if there's a woman there and there's a BIPOC folk there, they're only there because of their skin tone or their sex organs and to make the folks at NASA feel really good about themselves. And this guy, Mahmoud Jamal from Nairobi, Kenya, sitting on Canada's Supreme Court, all the other justices can turn to him and say, why are you here? And because the Kendall of Western European politics, Justin Trudeau, had to come out and go, look at me. Look at how great I am. Look at how great my government is. I'm putting a BIPOC folk on the Supreme Court here in Canada. That is why I chose this man. What else is he going to say? It's not because of apparently that he's a great judge. He very well might be a great judge, folks. Don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing him for being a crappy judge. But the Ken doll of Western European politics, that clown Justin Trudeau had to come out and start bragging about Mahmoud Jamal's skin color. And that is why he is on Canada's Supreme Court. So good luck, Mahmood. I hope you have a grand gay old time up on Canada's Supreme Court. Have fun on that court, knowing that the primary reason you are there is so the Ken doll of Western European politics, Justin Trudeau, can virtue signal to the rest of the world. And for our last news quick hit, this is from the Post Millennial. Minnesota teen issues critical op ed denouncing use of Latinx. Uh oh, folks. Latinx? Who uses the word Latinx? Snooty white liberals. So let's find out more there. In a winning editorial piece written for the Learning Network's eighth annual student editorial contest, one Minnesota teen slammed the use of the word Latinx, a term he called problematic. Evan Odegaard Pereira and Evan, I apologize if I am butchering your last name. A 16-year-old from St. Paul, Minnesota, was one of 10 winners of the Learning Networks contest. According to the New York Times, he attends school at Nova Classical Academy. He's only there, folks, until they put his butt on a train to a re-education camp to get his mind right. Latinx is a real word, especially to snooty white liberals. Citing a 2020 Pew Research Center study, Only 3% of U.S. Latinos use the word Latinx. Most haven't heard of it, and those who have overwhelmingly reject it. Many of us find Latinx confusing or culturally offensive, he added. And what have I been telling you folks about the use of the word Latinx? It is a word predominantly used by snooty white liberals. Only 3% of U.S. Latinos use that word, and they probably do it, if I had to guess, they probably only do it to be sarcastic around snooty white liberals. Those snooty white liberals are like, ah, oh, I love you, Latinx folks. And the Latinos are like, oh, white savior, thank you for recognizing us as Latinx. Evan, great job. Congrats on the paper. Just watch out for the woke folk. That goes against the narrative. That goes against dopey white liberals. And they get really, really, really butthurt when you expose them for the frauds that they are. Good luck, son. Hang in there. Okay, folks, now that our news quick hits are over, let's go ahead and jump into our news pile. Yes, White Boy Malcolm X, gay is at the front, smoking gun is at the back. But, folks, we do not have woke in the middle like we've been having lately. Gay, woke, smoking gun. No, folks, today we got a special surprise for you. We got a teacher bait story. Um, no, 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 no. teacher bait, teacher bait, teacher bait. Yes, folks, we have a teacher bait story just for you. And on top of that, Our gay story is not only gay, it is also woke. So we got gay woke, teacher bait, smoking gun. So let's go ahead and dive in, and this first one is from Outspoken. University of California professors lecture on being non-binary, blame white supremacy for sexual dimorphism. Yes, folks, of course, gay woke is on a college campus. Last week, faculty at the University of California, Riverside, published a question-and-answer about the basics of being non-binary. The fashionable, politically-charged term popped up in the last decade to forsake elementary school biology and treat gender as a spectrum. The most recent and well-known genderless coming-out stories include gay British entertainer Sam Smith and American crooner Demi Lovato. Both pop stars now insist they are neither male nor female and demand to be referred to using they-them. Pronouns. And White Boy Malcolm X, I think they forgot someone. What's that stupid chick's name? I never remember it. She, folks, she can't just have normal funky pronouns like they, them. She was doing, I think, she they or something like that. White Boy Malcolm X, what is that dumb chick's name? Halsey. That's it. That is the stupid chick with her she they pronouns. Halsey, if you're out there listening to this podcast, that is how forgettable you are, dear. You did not even make a list with Sam Smith. And Demi Lovato. The California professors were swift to applaud celebrities like Lovato for bringing attention to non-binaries and amplifying the community's status. Just what we need, folks. More amplifying of non-binary funky pronoun people. The first question addressed by the panel was perhaps the most straightforward, although the same can't be said for the answer. What does non-binary mean? Short answer, folks. High maintenance. Pain in the ass. That is what non-binary means. Jennifer Doyle, a professor of English, responds, A binary model of gender is too narrow. Non-binary opens up the idea that gender is far more diverse, nuanced. Gender is far more complex and mobile. The terms male and female are just not enough. No, of course not. Another faculty member, Brandon Andrew Robinson, who identifies as non-binary, of course, and teaches a course in critical queer politics, says the use of standard pronouns and gender-specific language forces individuals into a box. The kooky professor went on to assert that the gender binary, known as sexual dimorphism to biologists, is the product of, get this folks, colonialism and (gasps) white supremacy an idea that comes directly from the critical theory gospel. Non-binary is an acknowledgement of this gender expansiveness, a gender expansiveness that has always existed and that has often been disciplined and erased through processes of settler colonialism, imperialism, white supremacy, cis-normativity, and heteronormativity. Gender pronouns are one mechanism of maintaining the gender binary, Robinson claims. And we were just talking, I think, about a week ago on this podcast, there are certain members of the tribe, folks, that they believe that there is a hetero supremacy out to oppress the members of the tribe. They are out there to create this heteronormal world where we are disciplined and erased and invalidated and all the other fun words that those LGBTQ plus woke folk out there use. This queen, Brandon Andrew Robinson, yes, queen white boy Malcolm X, he is a... They are a queen, and how do I know they are a queen? Only a high-maintenance, pretentious queen would use three names. Oh, I'm Brandon Andrew Robinson, and I am faculty at the University of California, Riverside. That is a queen, folks. That is what a queen does. I don't care what the funky pronouns are. They are still an obnoxious, pretentious queen on a college campus. And of course, he, along with his dopey friend in the English department, happens to write a Q&A that happens to validate who they are as an individual. And, on top of that, gets to trash heterosexuals and whitey for trying to keep him down. So, Brandon Andrew Robinson, I hope you feel better trashing whitey, trashing straighty, I guess that's what we'll call straight people, white boy Malcolm X, trashing them to make yourself feel better, to justify your existence and your funky pronouns and your pain-in-the-ass attitude, your snootiness, and your general pain-in-the-ass behavior. These queens white on Malcolm X, I'll tell you what, they are a huge pain in the ass and doubly so if they're putting out crap like this to justify the behavior. Okay, folks, it is now time for our teacher bait story. And this is from the New York Post. New Jersey teacher who raped students reportedly faces three new accusers. So this one, folks, one, one piece of fresh teacher bait was not enough for her. She had to go and get herself a couple others. The New Jersey high school teacher who blamed brain surgery, brain surgery, white boy Malcolm X, that is her excuse for tapping into that fresh teacher bait going, num, 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 num. brain surgery for sexual abuse of students is facing claims from three new accusers that she showered them with gifts, changed their grades and clear truancy records, reports said. Nicole DeFault, who pleaded guilty to criminal charges in 2020, and the South Orange Maplewood School District were hit with a trio of fresh lawsuits in Essex County Superior Court, including one from a former student claiming he was sexually abused more than 200 times, NorthJersey.com reported. The suits, two of which were filed earlier this month and another that was made public Tuesday, outlined the abuse that sparked the criminal probe into DeFault, and eventually led to her arrest in 2014 on 40 counts of aggravated sexual assault and endangering the welfare of a child. The former language arts teacher at Columbia High School in Maplewood and divorced mother of two allegedly told one victim that she'd been sexually abusing her students as long as she worked for the school. Nine years, the new suits allege, according to the outlet. That former student claims he was in eighth grade when he first started hearing about a Columbia teacher who had sex with students, helped them cut class, and took them out in her car for illicit lunches, among other favors, records obtained by the outlet show. He said Default's reign of abuse started as soon as he got to the school in the summer of 2013, when he was 14 and attended a program for kids with learning disabilities, the suit claims. When his freshman year began that fall, he claims in his suit, Default's abuse quickly escalated from molestation to rape, and he was handpicked to be in her class, the lawsuit claims. She soon started showering him with cash and other gifts, including a brand new pair of expensive sneakers, which he told her was one of the best gifts he had ever received, the suit claims. Nicole Default then informed him what he needed to do for her, saying, I want you to take me right here now. (laughs) That makes me want to throw up. The teacher then raped the student and proceeded to abuse him on more than 200 occasions, according to the suit. I have to say, folks, that first off, I'm just not a big fan of the word rape in this situation. I know it's statutory rape. I know it's technically rape. But to me, rape is a violent, non-consensual act. This, to me, sounds pretty consensual. And I know, folks, I know some of you are out there going, well, they're only 14 years old. They don't have the right to consent. Yes, yes, yes. I know. I know that that is the argument put forth here, that these kids could not consent legally to having sex with this teacher. Of course, at four years old, they can come out and say that they are a completely different gender and everyone is just supposed to go, okay, that is fine. They can certainly make that decision at any age they want. And if they don't want to change their gender they can change their sexual orientation at whatever age they want. So if they don't come out at four or five or six or whatever age they choose to do so, if they don't come out and change their gender, they can come out and say, well, I'm gay or I'm non-binary and my pronouns are ZZ They can make decisions as children that we are all supposed to say, okay, that's perfectly fine. No issue here. We're not going to argue. But if a 16-year-old kid wants to bang an adult, that apparently... There's no right to a decision there. That is rape. This teacher, Nicole Default, first off, what do I tell you ladies? What do I say every single time this comes up? You never, ever, 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 ever get a boy to do a man's job. Don't do it. Don't tap the teacher bait. I don't care how cute the kid is. Don't do it. What do I always say? More Sebastian Stan, less little Timmy with two chest hairs. Sebastian Stan... That is a man. That is a man's man. I know I give him some grief on this show, but that is a man. That is what you need to be banging. Little Timmy with two chest hairs, if that, that is not what you should be tapping. Leave that to some 16-year-old slut in his class. She can take care of that. You can do the town version of Sebastian Stan. Then none of this has to come to pass, and you stay out of jail. This story, though, White Boy Malcolm X, reminds me of that kid. And I don't know how many months ago that story was. This kid banged his teacher, I think, over a hundred times. And then five years later, he came out and said, she raped me. She gave him over a hundred orgasms. And that kid's complaining about rape five years after the fact. This kid, a couple years later, she's giving him cash. That kid is a little prostitute, if you ask me. He's getting cash, he's getting sneakers, he's getting all these other gifts. He even got over 200 orgasms, folks, and he is now crying a couple years later. She raped me. She's the one saying, I want you to take me here and now. Do me, young man, do me. And he apparently is the rape victim in that scene. (laughs) That is what drives me nuts about the use of the word rape in these kind of situations. She didn't rape him over 200 times. She screwed the kid 200 times. I would not call that rape, though, but yes, I know that there is a technicality in the law that makes it so. And final thought here, I might actually feel a little bit bad for this kid if it were truly a situation where he were raped or truly a situation where she really manipulated the kid to take advantage of him. But she was giving him cash. She was giving him gifts. She was giving him a couple hundred orgasms. That kid, I can almost guarantee you, folks, doesn't really feel too bad about what happened to him. He got cash, he got gifts, he got orgasms. This has absolutely nothing to do with rape, in my opinion. This has to do with getting the South Orange Maplewood School District to show them the Benjamins. That's all this is about. Just like the kid who got over 100 orgasms. Or we had this other story where California changed the law and this guy sued 30 years later. Oh, my teacher raped me. This guy is screaming about cash and gifts and 200-plus orgasms just so they can get a payout from the school district. They can sue her, too, just for the fun of it. What kind of assets does she have? None. What does the school district have? They got all the money in the world. They can tax the crap out of people to collect more. That's all this is about, in my opinion. That kid is not done being a prostitute. He wants to get paid even more for banging that teacher over 200 times. These kids, white boy Malcolm X, I'll tell you what, they bang the teachers for months and months and months. They get cash, they get gifts, they get all sorts of perks for banging their teachers. And then when they think they can get a payout, then it's a problem. Up until then, not an issue whatsoever. <laughs> until they're like, oh, I can get more money out of the school district. Sure. Oh, I was victimized. It was so horrible. She raped me over and over and over again. Oh, it was so dreadful. If it were really that horrible, that dreadful, folks, That kid would have screamed bloody murder the second she laid a hand on him. But no, he wanted to get off. He wanted to get the gifts and the cash. Now he's looking for a bigger payout. That's why it's a problem. But ladies, I'm just going to give you one more warning, even though I know none of you are out there listening to this. Never, ever, 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 ever get a boy to do a man's job. More Sebastian Stan, less little Timmy with two chest hairs. Okay, folks, it is time for our last story. Yes, it is a smoking gun story. Yes, it is a Florida story. Actually, I have to correct myself. This is how bad things are in Florida, folks. The smoking gun, they folks, they have so many stories down in Florida. You folks in Florida have gone so far off the rails, they have now created a daily Florida police blotter. This one is called the Chicken Crimes Edition. So we do not have, folks, we do not have just one smoking gun story. We have two smoking gun stories back to back. Yes, Swipe Malcolm X, we have two stories here. Two stories for you to choose from if you are confused about one. Can't pick both, though. Just one and only one if you are confused. So this first one, folks, how is this? And no, unfortunately, there is no headline. I'm just going to jump into the story. A brotherly argument over some chicken turned violent Monday evening when a Florida man allegedly threw a knife at his sibling, according to cops who said the airborne weapon got stuck in the victim's right leg. Messiah Harris Smith. Yes, folks, his name is Messiah. No, folks, he is not sweet baby Jesus. And yes, folks, Harris Smith is a hyphenated last name. And what do we say about folks with hyphenated last names? They are generally a bit crazy. Messiah Harris Smith, 19, this kid is 19 years old, is facing a felony aggravated battery charge in connection with the June 14th incident at his family's St. Petersburg's residence. The victim, who told police he did not want his brother prosecuted, will need to receive stitches according to an arrest affidavit, which does not further describe the chicken argument. Harris Smith, who pleaded not guilty, was released last night from the county jail on his own recognizance. Harris Smith was arrested earlier this year for allegedly pushing and threatening to kill his mother during an argument in their home. Prosecutors subsequently decided not to pursue a misdemeanor domestic battery case against the six-foot-one, 250-pound teenager. So, So he pushed and threatened to kill his own mother in their house, and the prosecutors were like, eh, that's your freebie. Then Messiah, and no folks, again... He is not sweet baby Jesus. He threw a knife at his brother, stuck in his leg, and they let him go on his own recognizance again. Yes, I know he is facing a felony right now, but let's face it, folks, he is only going to get a slap on the wrist for that. That, to me, folks, is what you would call reinforcing the behavior. Messiah there, and no, folks, again, that is not sweet baby Jesus. Messiah keeps using his family as a punching bag Prosecutors keep letting him get away with it. So, I would not be surprised, folks, if Messiah Harris Smith is back on the smoking gun at some point here soon. So, White Boy Malcolm X, you got that one down? Idiot kid who keeps getting away with it, throws a knife at his brother that lands in his leg. That's a pretty easy story, right? You got that? Okay, you got that one. Okay, let's move on to the next one, folks. A Florida woman is facing a domestic battery charge after allegedly pelting her boyfriend in the face and chest with a plate of chicken record show. So yes, folks, that is why this is called the Chicken Crimes Edition. Messiah Harris-Smith stabbed his brother in the leg over chicken. This chick throws chicken at her boyfriend. Investigators charge that Jennifer Booth, 43, struck the 56-year-old victim with the chicken while the couple was eating last Wednesday night on the porch of their Brandonton home. Booth's companion, who cooked dinner, was not injured in the poultry fusillade. He told police that Booth became violent during a verbal argument and picked up the paper plate of chicken and threw it in my face. Threw a paper plate full of chicken in his face, white boy Malcolm X. And only in Florida would they use a paper plate to serve chicken. After the man called 911, Booth was arrested and booked into the Manatee County Jail on the misdemeanor rap. She was released Friday on $500 bond. So he called Popo on his girlfriend, but this one was just a misdemeanor, as opposed to Messiah Harris Smith, who got the felony. And we are not going to say a word, folks, about the fact that Messiah Harris Smith is black and Jennifer Booth is white. Black guy gets the felony, white chick gets the misdemeanor. But we're not going to say anything about it. Shh. Booth, who works at a Lakewood hospital, has three prior arrests, most recently a 2015 domestic violence, according to a court filing that does not include case dispositions. So just like Messiah Harris-Smith, this is not her first time at the rodeo. Booth is an avid hunter whose Facebook page is stocked with pictures of her posing with animals she has shot dead, images that have prompted online derision. One photo shows Booth holding the head of a giraffe killed in a 2017 hunt in South Africa, which she described in a Facebook caption as one of the best days of my life. So she killed a giraffe, White Boy Malcolm X, shot that thing dead, and that is one of the best days of her life. I assume, folks, that it is probably better than beating on her boyfriend. Do you think, though, White Boy Malcolm X, do you think that her killing a giraffe shooting a giraffe dead and posting that picture up on Facebook and bragging about how that's one of the best days of her life. Do you, sir, do you think that that is a veiled threat to her boyfriend? Look how I like to have fun. That's what that post is saying. I like to kill things. That makes me happy. Do you, sir, do you see that as a threat to the boyfriend? Possibly. Okay. I, Folks, who knows with this chick? She's kind of nutty. She kills giraffes and beats on her boyfriend. I wouldn't want to mess with her. But white boy Malcolm X, do you need me to recap that story? This stupid chick, pissed off at the boyfriend, throws a paper plate of chicken in his face. And this dumb idiot, what does he do? He calls Popo on his girlfriend. Probably because he figures she's going to kill him, just like she killed the giraffe. But do you, sir, do you need me to recap that story, or can we get out of here? I know you got Italian beer in the fridge, because you got one in front of you. Do we need to recap this story? We're all good, okay? Fair enough, sir. We will not recap that one as well. I have no doubt, folks, they were probably just, just doing a very, very, very quick summary. I have no doubt, folks, that they were out there drinking a couple of deliciously chilled glasses of White Zinfandel, two ice cubes. They were probably arguing about Tom Brady's ass in a New England Patriots uniform versus Tom Brady's ass in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform. That's probably what they were arguing about. That's when she got upset. That's when she threw the paper-plated chicken. Him calling Popo, probably like, Jesus Christmas, this chick is violent. She's killed giraffes. Who the hell kills a giraffe but a psychopath? Please, Popo, please get over here as quickly as possible. My life is in danger here. So there, there's a quick recap for you folks out there. But on that note, since I cannot top these two idiots going nuts over chicken, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug-pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on today's podcast of The Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy, Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, a good start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods